name is Keith Bowden, and I'm working for Concho Oil and Gas. Outstanding, and uh, thank you for joining the program here today. Now, uh, quickly, let's get a nice update on the oil and gas industry. You mentioned it slowed down a little bit there in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana has some issues issues with all oil and gas industry. Uh, you know, the rest of the country is is, is picking up. Uh, the, the the recent drop in oil prices didn't help anything, but in general, the oil and gas industry is picking up in Texas, uh, uh, Colorado, Oklahoma. Uh, in in uh, in the Dakotas, you know, things are picking up there, but Louisiana is pretty much dead in the water, and one of the main reasons for that is is the the political atmosphere that we're uh, suffering through in in Louisiana right now. Well, I'd like to talk about that in just a minute, um, and I can understand what you're talking about up in uh, North Dakota, where the Bakken is. Uh, you go across the 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 border to Montana, and there's hardly any drilling at all now. So I, I know exactly what you mean by the political um, sides of things because, you know, an imaginary line can be the difference between whether you drill or not. And I know you guys have some some different um, shale plays down there. What is down? Is it the Haynesville that's down in Louisiana? We have, we have the Haynesville that's up in the, the, the northwest corner yep. of the state. But we also have the Austin Chalk that runs oh. pretty much through the center of the state, uh, comes in through Texas, uh, right in the, basically almost the center of the state and, and goes across into, into Mississippi. That's, that's all, uh, you know, plays that can be horizontally drilled. Uh, all of the, everything up in the Haynesville are, are, are horizontal wells and they're mostly gas wells, but the Austin chalk is a combination of oil and gas. Okay. And then, uh, one more update from you before we get into the, um, powder keg of the political issues that are going on um lake charles and just kind of that area there's a lot of infrastructure or there is projected to be a lot of uh, big projects happening down there in that lake charles area in the petrochemical side of the oil and gas industry are you familiar with that at all do you do you uh is that still happening? Is the political side of things up disrupting these these things? I'd imagine it's in the news down there quite a bit as far as when they announced the billion-dollar projects last year. Are those still happening, or is there anything in, to report from there? There's there's some uh, the LPG, the liquefied petroleum gas uh, processing and shipping terminals that are being built uh, south of Lake Charles and along the Gulf Coast. Those, those projects seem to be uh, progressing as as planned, uh, but we, we have some of the, uh, the the refineries all along the the, the the south section of Louisiana from Baton Rouge all the way to Lake Charles, and those things are getting caught up in in some in some politics where uh, some of the the tax incentives that were promised to to these companies years ago and have always been part of the uh, the, the, the part that attracted some of these businesses to Louisiana, we worked with them to give them a tax break while they were, while, while they were building the plants. When they when they uh, increased the, the the size of the plants, we, we, you know, Louisiana gave them a tax break. Some of those tax breaks tax breaks are now being withheld. They're not giving them. And you know, Exxon can can build a plant in Louisiana or it can build it in Texas just as easy. And yeah. you know, they don't need to have it here. And, and that's what the governor doesn't understand. It's interesting, and you brought up the refinery part. Up in North Dakota, the same thing. They've gone through 
I want to say, close to two years of legal battles just to validate, and they're correct every single time, but the state and the political just hoopla law that happens is is to, I talked to um, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, uh, about a month ago, and he said the new normal is attorneys when it comes to refineries. He goes, you got to spend a year in court before you can even get to the next next leg of a permit. It sounds like you guys are experiencing that down there too, huh? Well, our, our governor, our current governor, is a, a former trial lawyer. And when, when he took office, he, uh, he pretty much unleashed the Trial Lawyers Association on business and industry in Louisiana. And the biggest business and industry in Louisiana at the time was all the gas industry. So, you know, they're, they're having their effects. Uh, you can, you can, you know, I live in South Central Louisiana. We, we, you know, the oil field in general has just gone through three years of one of the one of the worst uh, busts that the oil field has seen in, in in recent history. And the oil and gas, the, the the trial lawyers are still attacking the industry. The industry's already down, and they're they're making it worse. And you know, you, you drive along any highway in South Louisiana, Interstate 10, the the major thoroughfares. Where at, you know three, four, five years ago, you used to seeing help wanted on billboards. You saw billboards all over with with companies advertising that they needed people. They need they were looking for help. Now all you see on billboards these days are, are uh, advertising for for lawyers, and it's 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 a pretty sad situation. Well, and and really, you you're bringing up one of the issues when it comes to what's going on in the oil and oil and gas world right now is. I, I know we, and, and let's just transition right into your political stuff, because I do believe this is part of it, which is there, when you start involving attorneys and you start involving regulations and politics, it creates uncertainty in the industry. And when you have uncertainty in the industry, people have a hard time investing. Shareholders get nervous. People don't want to necessarily go out and start new major projects in certain shale plays until some of that uncertainty goes away. Um, is, is that kind of a, a central theme down there in Louisiana with what you're talking about with some of the political powder kegs? Absolutely. I mean, you know, nothing happens. And this, this is in business in general, not just the oil and gas business, but nothing happens until the bean counters get to look at everything and, and make a final decision. And if you're going to look at drilling a well in Louisiana or you can go 50 miles to the west into Texas – and you have, uh, you know, a, a 30, 40 percent less risk involved in drilling a well in Texas. You're going to drill it in Texas before you before you come into Louisiana. Louisiana is, you know, we have we have we're fighting the legacy lawsuits, uh, the, the the severance tax that that uh, operators pay in Texas in Louisiana is 12.7 percent, where you cross the border into Texas and you're paying 3.4 percent. You know, we have to we have to have a, a, a level playing field to even start attracting our oil and gas uh, companies back. And then, you, you know, you carry this thing one step further. You can look at, at, at uh, you know, Toyota or, or Ford or carrier air conditioners or, or any of these major corporations that, you know, if, they, if they're going to consider building a new plant, do you think they're going to build it in a plant where the, the political atmosphere is sue industry? or work with industry to, to attract business. I, I mean, you know, it's, it, we're, just, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. So this 12.7% compared to, what was it, 3.4 or something like that? that, that That's correct. Okay, so That's correct. 
Is that just is is that like a, a oil gas production extraction tax? Is that kind of the that's idea? Correct. Okay, that's correct. It's a, it's an extraction tax. Anything that's anything that's extracted uh, from from the, the the state of Louisiana, they they pay a tax per barrel, twelve point seven percent here in Louisiana. They have the same tax in Texas, but they pay three point four percent. Just like the legacy lawsuits, legacy lawsuits are lawsuits that they they can go back and sue the operator. Of a, of a well from today till when it was originally drilled. They can go back and sue for millions of dollars and just sue everybody that had any type of ownership in that well from the time it was drilled to the current day. Keith Bowden is our guest. Uh, we're talking about some of the differences, quite honestly, between Louisiana's political climate and neighboring states of Texas and well, Texas is the example we're talking about. Is this the same issue with uh, Arkansas and um, uh, was is there is there? Well, I can't imagine there's much in Mississippi. The Tuscaloosa that's too muddy to frack right now. I mean, you got to get the ninety bucks to frack there. But is there any any activity in Arkansas in terms of that's a neighboring state, isn't it? Yeah, Arkansas. You know, Louisiana and Texas are the are the two big producers down here. Right. You're gonna have some some uh, you know some drilling in Mississippi, uh, a slight bit in in Alabama, and and even you know some in Florida. But uh, you know, I'm I'm comparing but, our state, Louisiana, that I, that I'm familiar with to uh, Texas, a neighboring state that has the same type of economy. And and even and even Oklahoma, I could imagine could get, could get thrown into the mix because that's just one yes. one more adjacent over. So, well, let's let 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 me ask you in a nutshell what. Uh, What's the twelve point seven all about? I mean, that's a pretty high tax. Yeah, that's that's just the tax, and you know, twelve point seven. When when all companies are are, are getting a hundred dollars a barrel, they tend not to not to worry about about a tax like that. But now you're talking about forty to fifty dollar a barrel oil, and and every penny counts. You know, and and you know the the difference between twelve point seven and three point four, or or make a an operator decide to drill in Texas over Louisiana all day long. Well, without a doubt. So, what what needs to be done? I, I mean, how can something like that be lowered? I guess is it is it bro- like in in North Dakota, for example, they've got an extraction tax and then a production tax, and so it's two different taxes that get get melded into one. And so they're at they're at eleven and a half percent, but it's a five and six and a half. Um, so they've, they've got different ways that they can play with different taxes and then they've got a trigger tax on top of that. So, um, how is that 12%, 12 and 12 point, actually 13%, 12.7%. Is that just a, goes into the general fund or is that going to different places? Just, it's, it's, it's a pretty high tax is what I'm getting at. That's Louisiana, Louisiana is, uh, a funding project. There's there's a lot of dedicated funding that, that uh, there's really no way to change unless you change it through a constitutional convention. But the the severance tax, uh, you know, it goes into the general fund and then it's allocated from there to to the different the different uh, budget budgetary needs. The uh, the, the the tax I mean, it would it, it can be lowered. You know, just with a constitutional, with with a not a constitutional convention. I'm sorry, but just with a uh, a bill through the through the legislature. Sure. Uh, and, and it, you know, the, but Louisiana doesn't 
doesn't have enough business people and especially oil people in the legislature right now. And that's one of the main reasons I'm running. We need a voice to, to protect the, the business and the industry and especially the oil and gas industry in the, in the, in the legislature in, in Louisiana. Oh, you're, what, now tell me about what, you, what are you running for? I'm running for state representative. When's that election? That's going to be October 12, 2019, this, the end of this year. Oh, no kidding. Well, you, you got an early start, man, if you're, if you're already out beating the doorways down and campaigning. Well, you know, I, 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 have to take, I have to, you know, start early because I, I've never run for political office before. Uh, I'm, not a, you know, I'm not a career politician. This is a, this is a new thing for me. It's the first time uh, that, I, that I get out there and, and start, you know, talking to the people on a, you know, on a, a political basis. But I just can't sit back and watch it happen and not do something about it. Well, I, I know what you mean. I mean, one of the things that we do on the program is is we try to point out that, you know, the oil and gas industry has really done quite a bit for the economy. It's done quite a bit for um, communities. It's done quite a bit for governments in order to expand and do a lot of different things. And then they turn around and they continue to donate back to their local charities and governments and social pro- so, social services that a lot of times a lot of businesses do not donate to. Um, so I, I guess I, I look at what, what's happening in a lot of state political, I guess, rooms, whether it be the state capitals or whatever. It just seems like in these oil and gas producing states, it's pretty easy to pick on the oil and gas companies to try to get more money from them. And that's what I was asking about that 12.7, because in North Dakota, 50% of their um, tax revenue is reliant on two oil and gas taxes. Think about that. 50% of their state budget is now reliant. Saudi Arabia. It's, it's, what's that? <laughs> I said, that's almost as bad as Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, almost, almost 90% of their economy is based over the oil and gas. I never thought of that. Well, in, in, in North Dakota, they've got kind of the, the Hatfield McCoy East versus West because of ag and energy. And then, you know, this living down, down in your part of the country, when there's a boom bust stuff going on, oil gets forgot about. Yeah. It's, I mean, cause it's a ghost town. You know, Midland, Texas, and, you know, some of these places that when, when it's not oil activity, there's not a lot going on. There's just not. And so when, when things are percolating, it seems like it's easy to pick on the oil and gas companies to get more money from them. But at the end of the day, um, I do think it, it comes down to numbers. And when you try to play chicken with the oil and gas companies, they still got to adhere to their shareholders. So there's yep. like there's like not a, it's a game of numbers, not a game of chicken, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah. So to, okay. So do you have a plan then? I guess for trying to lower some of the taxes, or what? What are you trying to get out to the energy industry if you're running? Have you got a platform yet? Is it too early? Or well, no. My, my you know my my main deal is the legacy lawsuits. That's that's the number one the number one uh, deal that I want to I want to get changed. Uh, the legacy lawsuits, like I was saying earlier, you know. Right now, there's no limit. There's no limit on on the settlements that they they can sue for. It's Texas, and I use Texas a lot because it's our neighboring state. We, you know, we we're both big oil states, and Texas limits the amount that the lawsuit can be filed for for the the value of the property. So you know, you can't if the if the property is worth twenty thousand dollars, you can't sue for two hundred million. You can only sue for twenty thousand dollars. It makes it justifiable. 
because you know if there was an issue uh you're paying for the property you're paying for the value of the property so the landowner you know comes out whole uh the 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 other thing would be the severance tax and i'm not sure if you're familiar but louisiana has a coastal erosion problem and the the government the the current governor is uh they're trying to you know put everything on the oil and gas industry for our coastal erosion problems and you know it's it's a it's a back and forth deal with the coastal erosion there's a I'm sure the oil and gas industry, the canals dug in the marsh, did play a part. But the biggest contributor to our coastal erosion was when the Corps of Engineers built the levees along the river systems in South Louisiana and the, the, prevented the natural flooding through the years to, 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 to replenish the sediment in, in the marsh area. And, and that's, the, that's the, 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 the key to coastal erosion. Did the oil field, you know, the oil industry play a part in it yes probably did but it was a very minor part and you know that's that's the three things that are killing the killing the oil and gas industry coastal erosion lawsuits the legacy lawsuits and the severance tax difference that we pay over neighboring states that's a, that's the things that i'm going after but you know i'm going after more things than just oil and gas issues i, I i'm a, a true conservative i want to attract oil and gas business but i want to attract all business but you know we're set up to deal with the oil and gas industry now and and that's what we need to get back get back going and get our people back to work well i tell you the thing i'd like as long as we're talking a little uh, politics here which you know that's that's normally not my forte i've covered it for about 25 years but um we usually don't talk too much of it but this is good because what i'd like to I guess, mentioned to you, the thing that attracts me about the oil and gas industry is it's one of the last forms of capitalism left. And what I mean by that is true capitalism, the type of the, the type that rewards you for hard labor, the type that rewards you for honest labor, the, the type that is perfectly uh, OK with giving back to your local community, to your churches, to your uh, nonprofits as part of their day to day operations and not just do it to try to please a marketing plan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the oil and gas industry, it's one of the few industries left where the CEO has to talk to the roughnecks. They just do. They, they, they've got to, they, they've got to com- constantly have a communication uh, uh, chain of command up and down the line. So um, I guess that's the thing that attracted me about the oil and gas industry. And I'd like to see that those values I guess, instilled into other areas, including government. It'd be nice to see some of those honest uh, values brought into government. Do you know what I'm talking about, or am I, am I crazy? Is, you can, know, can you bring that into, into politics at all, or is that just dead in the water? Well, <laughs> that, I, I think that might be a, a, a lofty issue, a lofty, lofty goal. Okay, but build the bridge to the moon, it'd be easier. You know, I'm a a 30-year oil and gas man. Before that, I worked worked in the family business. But, you know, 30 years ago, I got into the oil field, and I never never looked back. I never regretted it. There were some days that I, you know, I didn't want to get up and get out of bed and go to work, but I did. And, you know, it's... It's a brotherhood. I mean, I'm still I'm still talking to and, and friends with people that I worked with 30 years ago, and you know it's 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 a brotherhood. It's an experience. You know, one of us go down, and 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 everybody know, knows about it. You know, and it's it's just 
I don't know. I've, I've never worked in any place else that was the the, the people were as accepting of, of, of one another as it as it is in the oil field. I just love it because you got a guy working out out on a rig and he can figure out a new vibrating tube and he can become a, you know a business owner within a matter of a couple of weeks. And yep. you know and and actually the oil and gas company will help him. They'll instead of you know trying to keep them down or trying to no it's it's actually going to help them make more money it's going to help this guy make more money and it's going to help you know the local community they just it's just i don't know i it's as a, i guess as an entrepreneur it's just you see it right away and you really appreciate it a little bit but so okay um you're obviously you know a friend to oil and gas in your in 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 your uh, campaign are there other industries, I guess, in Louisiana that you're, uh, you know, kind of looking that you're going to be a strong supporter of, whether it be tourism or whether it be, uh, I don't know, a, is there agriculture in, in Louisiana? Oh, yeah. There, there's uh, agri- I would say, the, you know, the oil and gas industry has always been the backbone of Louisiana's economy as, as long as I've been, I've been around. And agriculture plays, a, 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 you know, an extremely big role as well. We're, we're South Louisiana is a, a big sugarcane area. Okay. Uh, you start getting further up north. You have a lot of cotton that's grown up oh. north. We we have a we have a big timber industry. Uh, our seafood. We have some of the best seafood in the world. You know, we we ship uh, Gulf shrimp, uh, crabs. Uh, you know, we're South Louisiana. If you want crawfish, it's coming out of South Louisiana unless you buy some Chinese uh, stuff. You know, but. Uh, we have a, a, a tremendous seafood industry down here. Uh, like I told you, gr- uh, growing up, I worked in the family business, which was a, a meat processing business. So uh, I'm, uh, I have a background in, in uh, processing and, and uh, manufacturing as well. And I, if, if it's a business that wants to locate in Louisiana or a, a, an owner that wants or, a, you know, an entrepreneur that wants to start a new business, I'm behind it. And anything that's going to create jobs and build our tax base without having to raise the taxes on the people, I'm for. More industry means more jobs. More jobs means a, 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 a better tax uh, base for, for, the, for the state without having to raise the tax rate. Do you got a website or anything that people can check out? Yes, I do. Uh, I have a website. It's vote, vote in, B-A-U. D-I-N.com. All right. Uh, say, how about your business, your oil and gas business? Um, talk to me about that a little bit. Give yourself a little bit of a plug and, um, you know, what, what you do and um, what your company does in the oil and gas industry. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a drilling consultant. Basically, what I do is I go out to the drilling rigs. Currently, I'm, I'm, I'm working for Contra Oil and Gas. I'm contracted to Contra Oil and Gas. And I go out on the drilling rig, and I just make sure that everything runs efficiently, smoothly. Uh, you know, we, we try and uh, do it as economically as possible uh, and safely as possible. The, the big thing is always, you know, plan it right, follow your plan, do it safely. Everybody goes home at the end of the job with all their fingers and toes. Yeah, well, I mean, is, are you seeing more of the uh, sensors and more of the, the uh, I guess, some of the remote monitoring equipment installed on rigs more and more or is it still you know a good a number of guys there what, what kind of changes are you seeing from an innovation side i guess would be the way to phrase a question like that well you know the the as all of the the, the majority of the wheels being drilled today are all, all horizontal wheels right uh 
you're seeing you're seeing newer technology as far as your mud motors, uh, your bit technology is. You know, they're they're always in, improving that. Uh, there's a there's a big push towards the rotary steerable uh, uh, tools instead of the mud motor tools, and uh, you're you're seeing uh, more remote setups. But the remote setups are still kind of you know in their infancy. If not their infancy, they're still still in their toddler stage uh but you know it's it's it, it's gonna be you know down the road 15 20 years from now you know where we have uh 20 guys on a on a rig today you might you might have four or five uh you know in 15 years and everything will be run uh more more mechanized and uh more uh computer controlled and you might have one one driller you know drilling uh, operating two or three rigs from a remote location somewhere. Well, that, you know, that is already starting to happen. It's, um, mm-hmm. it was refreshing to hear you say, you know, 15 years. I, I think you're, it's, it's still, it's, I, it's, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it might be a little less, but, um, it's, 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 it's refreshing to hear at least there's, you know, at least another generation till it happens. Cause I think it's not a secret to what you, what, what you just said. I mean, it, so some people might be in denial, but it's happening. It's, it's becoming more robotic and that's for safety. It is. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's the uh, directional companies out there that have, you know, two directional drillers on location and two MWD hands on location, and that's a pretty standard setup. But I'm seeing more and more where they're cutting one of the one of the MWD guys out, and uh, the one that's on location will work a day shift, and then the night shift will be handled by uh, some guy at a remote location in town somewhere. And this this guy that's watching the the remote monitor, he's probably watching. You know, three, maybe four different wells, mm-hmm. and and if there's an issue, you know, he gets on the phone and he wakes up the guy that's out on location and he take care of it. But if it's a, just a normal, normal operation, he just monitors it all night long and they, they go about their business. I never thought of it from that side of it. Yeah, where you just kind of have a guy monitoring a half a dozen or so different places where there's inactivity going on, but there still needs to be some eyeballs on there because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that the oil and gas industry I don't think will ever get away from is like you said just a few guys there all the time because you do you always need people there to react and to you know just there's things there's some, there's yeah. some things that a computer won't, won't ever be able to accomplish exactly exactly you know, and it's uh, it, it'll be fewer things you know they'll, they'll they'll but they'll still need uh you know boots on the ground well and and too and, and the whole reason i bring it up is that there's there, there's just a, sh- a shift in 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 the industry and so the jobs are not going away. The jobs are shifting. So you're starting to see more, uh, you know, artificial intelligence jobs. You're seeing more engineering yeah. jobs. You're seeing more, honestly, guys that can just drive for four or five, six, seven hours a day from from rig to rig to rig to rig because that's a job now. Um, you know, and so there's there's jobs that are becoming more specialized, and then there's jobs that are just requiring, you know, more time. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's just a, I, I find it exciting. I, I think, and I've been saying this for years that uh, my kids' kids are going to be reading about this time in their history books. I really believe that, that that's, that's how special this oil and gas uh, renaissance is, is, is right now in the United States. Um, so, all right, man. Well, I'll give you some final thoughts then. I mean, I don't know if you want to plug your company more, if you want to talk about your campaign, but I like to give guests the, the, the final word as we conclude our interview here. So uh, the uh, the floor is yours, sir. Well, we, we, we covered a lot of topics, and uh, I think they were all good topics. 
you know, uh, once again, my website is Vote Vote and Vote is spelled B A U D I N dot com. Uh, and you know, I am a true conservative, uh, constitutional and fiscal conservative, and I, I will do anything to help business, any business in Louisiana to grow and prosper and do anything possible to attract new business to the state because my goal is to get the people in Louisiana jobs, good paying jobs that they can make careers out of, that they can feed their families and, and live, you know, normal, happy lives.